Thank you to everyone that's tuned in thus far. What a year everyone has had, and I can't believe today is the last episode of season three of 52 Weeks of Hustle. I've had such a great time sitting down with industry leaders. Thank you to all the leaders and for all the listeners in your continued support. Many people have asked, but as we all know, the grind and hustle never stops. So we will be back for season four of 52 Weeks of Hustle. In addition, thank you for everyone that supported the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales, a playbook to be an elite in the sports business industry. It's available on Amazon in ebook, paperback, and audio. Be sure to check out 52weeksofhustle.com. Enjoy the last episode of season three. Crazy to think this is the last episode of season three already. As I was thinking about this episode, I couldn't think of anyone that I'm more excited to chat with than someone I've known for a long time. He was my first ever inside sales class I managed. Our next guest has had a knack for sales his whole life and has taken full advantage of the opportunity and really excelled in his career. I'm excited to have Tom Peluso, Vice President of Business Development and Premium Sales at the Carolina Hurricanes. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you, Travis. Thanks for having me. Tom, always a pleasure to talk with you. Excited to talk about your journey. Let's start from the beginning. You grow up in Struthers, Ohio. You're always into sports, very athletic, you're around sports. You ultimately go to Ashland University to be a school teacher. What happened during your college experience that really led you down the path of sales? Some someone call that the uh, Harvard of Ohio. I've heard. I I always call it the Harvard of Ohio. Yeah. So, uh, what, so when I was in college, like many people, I didn't know what I wanted to do. At one point, I wanted to be an athletic director. Um, you know, looking into under the, you know, that was the first time that I kind of understood the business side of sports was as an athletic director. Um, so I went to school to to for education, and from there, my plan was to go get my master's in sport management. And actually, my senior year, I accepted a graduate assistant position at Kent State to go get my master's to get it paid for. Um, that was around, and that was at the same time that I got the offer for the Pittsburgh Pirates and Inside Sales, which we'll get to. But when I was in college, I took a sport man- management class that we did a project with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the, the, the reps from the Cavaliers, the sales reps at the time came in, we went over the script and they really just kind of went over the whole process. And, you know, at the time I didn't realize that there was even sales in sports. I thought you were just a ticket taker at the window and they really opened our eyes to the opportunity. And they created an Ashland University day that we had the uh, number of sales calls and sales emails to make every week um, to try to sell tickets to that night. So um, that was the first time I really was exposed to sales and sales and sports. Um, and it, it definitely piqued my interest. And I started learning a little bit more about what inside sales was at that time. You know, I think that's good advice for all listeners out there of, of somebody that's, while you're in college, gain as much real life experience as possible. This just happened to come through one class and you start talking to people and really took off on your career path as you then get hired by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Certainly excited to have you as a young manager, you're part of that first class. And, you know, I always remember you, you were one of the first in the last ones out, you won the hustle board consistently and, and ultimately found ways to bring in revenue on a consistent basis. As you think back, what's one key piece of advice you'd give every listener to focus on accomplishing in that first several months of your career? Yeah. And I tell our inside sales reps now when we meet with them the first week um, is that, you know, this job, you, you suck at this. You're not a good sales rep. You're, you're not a good at cold calling. You're not a good sales professional yet. And if you want to be, you will be right. So it's just trusting the process and understanding you shouldn't be 
um, the best salesperson in your first month or your second month, but month. But if you trust the process and you continually try to grow, you're going to get better. And um, you know, you know, you were my manager at the time, and we'd have one on ones. And you know, if I was ever in a rut, it's going back to the basics and just trusting the process and knowing that you know I was very competitive, so I wanted to be most in calls and number one on the board. Yeah. But I'm not going to do that unless I'm sticking with what you know, the script and sticking with, you know, what's worked and asking for appointments. Right. So for me, it's just trusting the process, trusting that um, I'm going to get better at this and kind of honestly being vulnerable and understanding that I'm not any good at this, but I will be, if I believe yeah. it and I will be eventually. Yeah, that's great advice. If you put yourself in a good position, surround yourself with the right people, they'll give you the blueprint to be successful. And, you know, Tom, on your end, you quickly move up in the pirates organization. And I'm not sure if it was because you didn't want to work for me and that's why you were working so hard, but, but nonetheless, you moved into service and retention and ultimately then into premium service and retention. And after three and a half years in the retention side, you then made the move internally to become the inside sales manager at the Pirates. Why was leadership the right fit for you? Yeah, when I was a rep, I was always helping you and then our other inside sales manager, who was Nick McNeil later, just just with our inside sales reps. And I, and I loved coaching. I loved helping. I loved being a mentor and being someone that they kind of came to for advice and asking to go on appointments with them. And the coaching aspect and watching them grow and develop was something that you know I quickly like not only enjoyed, but had a passion for. Um, so I did as much as I could to to just help out the inside sales reps and the manager at the time to put myself in a position when something did open up and just learn as much about it. But ultimately, I just love coaching and, you know, helping watching these young professionals who have no experience um, kind of learn for the first time and, and grow and get better in their careers. No, that's awesome. And, and Tom, after spending five over five years with the Pirates organization, you decide you take take your talents to South Beach, where you become the manager of season ticket service and retention, and then ultimately the director of business development and retention for the Miami Marlins. And in this business, we often talk about being willing to take risk and get out of your comfort zone. And this move to Miami was not only away from the team that you've spent your entire career, but also even further from home. What's your advice to listeners on being willing to take risk? Yeah, that that was a big move um, for me and my wife at the time. You know, when I moved from Ohio to Pittsburgh, that was an hour away. So realistically, I was still at home. We we were still within our comfort zone. We can go home anytime we needed to. Moving to Miami was a was a big change for us. Not just um, you know a flight away now, not a drive away, but you know it's a whole new culture, a whole new team. Um, so it was, it was getting outside of my comfort zone. And at the end of the day. When, when I think of taking risk and t- thinking of taking this risk, it's, you know, what's the worst that can happen and what's the, but which everybody talks about with risk, but what's the best that can happen, right? You know, what's the worst that can happen in a position? You know, I felt confident in my work ethic and what I've learned about the business at that point And just that I continually want to learn and grow that I know that I could put myself in a position to do well in a role. Um, but what's the, you know, what's the best, that can, you know, the best going to happen here we are. Years later, and um, the best that can happen is I'm getting interviewed by Travis Apple on a podcast, right? So, uh, but no. Now you've jokes, made it. All, right. But, you know, all jokes aside, you know, what's a, what's the worst that can happen, but what's the best that can happen is really how I kind of evaluate risks. Yeah. No, that's, that's great advice. And Tom, you know, fast forward then to another move, you know, this time to the Carolina Hurricanes, which you are right now. Uh, you've been there five years already, which seems crazy. And, and you started as the senior director and now moved to the VP chair. And, and every stop, you know, you've been able to grow internally. You go back into the Pirates, you know, four, four, four different roles, you know, in the in the five years you were there. Miami, two different roles, and now two different roles there with the Hurricanes. What do you feel like you've done such on a consistent basis to continue to grow internally? 
Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think the one thing for me, and I, I, there's a lot of people out there who are so focused on the next role and the next step that they don't focus enough on their current role. I, I, I think I've always wanted to do my best to kind of master the current position I'm in and definitely focusing on the position I'm in while obviously learning a little bit about, you know, being more well-rounded and what outside of my current responsibilities can I learn and can I, can I gain some experience in, uh, but not losing focus of how can I do the best that I can in my current role for not only the team under me, but um, just to, just to grow that, that part of the business. Right. So, you know, that, that's a big piece of it. And I, and I think the more better you do that, the better fit you are for the next role. Uh, but then just learning around uh, the people around you. And, you know, I've always I've overseen a retention staff, inside sales staff, a new sales staff, never overseen a group staff. Right. But through my time, I've always tried to be involved in the group side of things and, you know, learn as much as I can, because there may be a time and maybe there won't be. But if there's a time that I ever oversee a group sales staff that I have some experience to be ready to go. So the aspects of my job that I don't currently oversee that I are within the sales side and the business side of sports, um, I want to learn as much as I can about to be ready for that next role. Oh, absolutely. And, and Tom, in your current role, the focus is on business development for both the Hurricanes as well as all the other ancillary events that come through PNC Arena. What do you feel like you and your team have done to have so much success? Yeah. Um, so so when I when I got here, it was nine straight seasons of not making the playoffs. And my first season, we made the playoffs, right? And, you know, the biggest thing that we have done over time, we've been a playoff team ever since, it's just capitalizing on the team's success. Um, by selling it, we, we, we sell the experience, right? We don't sell wins and losses. We sell the experience, but just capitalizing on the momentum and everything going around us. And that's just having timely campaigns and timely, um, you know, offers around playoff tickets, right? That's a big part of it, but throughout the year and it's and it just, you know, building at the end of the day, it's building the right team and that, that can capitalize um, based on effort, based on, um, you know, when, when we are in a playoff position, we have a lot more inbound than outbound, right? Our jobs get a little bit easier, but how are we handling those? Are we just taking the calls and yeah. saying, okay, you want a quarter season plan for two seats? Great. Let's sign you up now. That shouldn't be how anybody uh, approaches those situations. So how can we grow each and every call? And, and I think that's what we've done a really good job about. Yeah. And I think it's running parallel paths with the team, right? It, it's, it's not always, it's never about the wins and losses. It's about the experience, but when you do get some wins, how do you capitalize? You guys have certainly done a great job. And Tom, you know, throughout your time there, what would you say you're most proud of thus far at your time with the Hurricanes? Yeah, um, a, a big thing. And, you know, I've been throughout my career fortunate enough to work for some really good people. And I always say surround yourself with good people. And, you know, and we have to take a step back and realize we want to build that for our reps too. And we want to be those people that they say that about, and, you know, they want to kind of enjoy the environment and they're learning and developing. So I, I think the culture we've built, um, like everybody, you know, COVID came in and played a big piece of that. And, you know, we, we lost some reps and we had to build back up, but we've always focused on culture. And at the end of the day, as much as we all love sales, we all know sales can be a grind, uh, especially specific times of the year. You know, we get to July, playoffs are over. Maybe we did we lost in the first round. Hopefully that's not the case this year. Uh, but people don't want to talk about hockey as much as they did two months ago. So how do we still keep the culture and the excitement and the energy up in the office? I think plays a huge part in how much our reps enjoy their jobs. So I think we built a pretty good culture and I think we've done a good job of focusing on that. Um, and you know, COVID, you know, came in and threw a wrench in it, but I think we were able to, um, build what I think is, is a phenomenal team right now. And, um, I'd say that's what I'm most proud of. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Tom Peluso, Vice President of Business Development and Premium Sales at the Carolina Hurricanes. And Tom, let's get into three hot topics. And in question one, as we discussed, you've worked for a variety of teams in different markets, certainly some good teams and some bad teams. What's your advice on being able to sell regardless of those wins and losses? Yeah, I mean, we always say you don't sell wins and losses. And I think we hear that too often from losing teams. Um, but I think it's more impactful when you're a winning team. Um, and we sell the experience. Like when it's a B2C, when it's a family, when it's a fan, when it's a customer and the B2C end, you're selling the experience and memories, right? And from the B2B end, you're selling a business tool on FaceTime with their clients and how they can utilize their tickets to help grow their business. You're not selling the wins. And we know the wins sell themselves, right? We, so it doesn't need to be discussed. Like when the team is hot, that's why we're talking to them. That's why maybe they're picking up the phones. Our jobs do become a little bit easier. But at the end of the day, it's what we can provide. It's the benefits and the experience. Um, and I think it's more impactful that you keep continue to do that when you're winning. Uh, because there will be a time that we're not a winning team. You know, Hopefully that's not for another 10, 15 years. But when that time comes, our fans are going to remember the conversations we've had and the experiences that we provided. And that's what's going to keep them when the team's no longer winning. Yeah, absolutely. And Tom, question two, early on in your career, you made a splash on the service and retention side of the business. You briefly talked about this before the break of being able to just be well-rounded. And now you're overseeing the new business side. And, you know, let, let's you know be realistic. Like we've heard a lot, you know, through this business of like, oh, well, if you want to be in leadership, you got to go the new business route or you got to go this route or the premium route. And, and you kind of took a side path and have, have really excelled in that. So what's your advice on the mentality sellers need to have and then ultimately leaders need to have regardless of what department they're in or overseeing? Yeah, you know, from the sales and service side of things, I've always thought that like I want a service team. Like I was a manager of a retention team when I was a retention rep. I, I want a service and retention team that are sales minded. We talk about hunters and gatherers, but I want hunters on both departments because at the end of the day, service service role is also selling, right? We Pittsburgh Pirates, they weren't a good team. Miami Marlins re- renewing Marlins tickets, as you know, isn't yep. the easiest thing in the world. So they need to be good sales reps to not only bring them back, but how do you grow your book of business and how do you get them to add on seats, upgrade seats? How do you learn more about what they do personally, what they do professionally to maybe get their business involved? Maybe, um, you know, and that's, that's the type of individuals that, you know, I want on my both teams are sales-minded individuals, right? And just be well-rounded in all verses um, is going to help you. You know, we have group sales, we have new sales, we have service. I think if you can master all three of those, it doesn't matter which role, you could do any of the roles, right? So um, I I think it's key. And that's the type of 
team I want. I don't want someone who's, who's great at service, but can't sell. I don't want someone who's great at sales, but can't service. Right. So it's, right. that comes to training that comes to what we do and what we can provide and what we can teach our reps. Yeah. And I think that's, a, that's a big thing is I've always been a big believer. If you can sell, you can service. If you can service, you can sell. Yep. And if you feel like you only do one thing, you're probably not the best fit because you're not going to be well-rounded to your point. And finally, Tom, question three, we, we talked a lot about, and you've talked a lot about working for the right people and knowing that they will care about you and invest in you and your career and, and care about you both personally and professionally. What's your advice on finding a mentor or mentors early on in your career? Yeah. You know, I, I, I've been lucky. Every team I've worked for, I've been able to have good mentors and uh, my bosses have all been great mentors at all three stops. And I keep in touch with all of them. Right. And I think the biggest part is on the mentee to just to, to be authentic, be genuine. And, you know, obviously the mentor is going to give you advice and there's someone who has experience and you want to attach yourself to the person who, who has done a great job for one, but who's willing to give you really good advice and who cares for you and wants to see you excel. Um, but then it's, it's, you should also, you know, as a mentee, you should also, you know, be reaching out and seeing how they're doing and how they're doing in their career and um, setting up genuine conversations that, you know, you don't just want to reach out when you need something, you know, I need advice. I'm looking at another job. I need advice. I'm in a rut. Like you build these relationships and you build what I like to think are friendships, right? Even at times they're true friendships or the professional friendships at the end of the day, the friendship. So that goes both ways. So if you're a mentee and you have a mentor that um, has really helped you out, like, it's just continuing to grow on that relationships on all aspects and it's going to continue to help you on a professional end. No, that's awesome. Well, Tom, such a great career you've already had. And as you think back, what's been your best memory? My best memory. You know, when I was in, we work in sports for a reason, right? So I obviously love sports. I love watching sports. When I was with the Pittsburgh pirates, the pirates were on a 21 season losing streak you remember our first year in sales we yep. lost 105 games yep. i hadn't been to playoffs in 25 years in 2013 they made it for the playoffs for the first time in 21 seasons wild card game at home um it was a blackout so the whole all our fans were wearing black johnny cueto's on the mound and the whole place is start starts a cueto chant so loud that he drops the ball because he's nervous and you can't write it up any better. Picks the ball up next pitch. Russell Martin hits a home run and that place was rocking. I've, I've never, I get goosebumps when I watch it, that, that now. Um, so at the end of the day, I mean, we work in sports for a reason. Um, so if you don't enjoy those moments, uh, then you're in the wrong industry. And that's a, that's a memory I'll never forget. No, that's awesome. I unfortunately left several months before that, but uh, I watched it from afar and, and Tom, such such great advice. Certainly fun to hear about your journey, both personally and professionally. And to close it out, I like, I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Let's do it. I know you're a huge wrestling fan back in the day and, and even on the cover of WWF magazine. Uh, for those listeners out there, be sure to ask them about it. It's a, it's a great That's image. True. And if you could be any professional wrestler, both past or present, who would it be? I don't watch nowadays, but I, as you said, I was huge back in the day and I was on the cover with him and he was my favorite at the time. It'd be Bret Hart. The guy's best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. Sharpshooter. Yep. Tom, what's the last thing you completed on your bucket list? Actually, it, it was this past November. So I'm a big Ohio State football fan. Um, I do have season tickets there. And uh, this past year was the first time I went to an Ohio State Michigan game. Been to a bunch of games there, but never the big one. Um, so this past November, awesome experience. Obviously not the ending that, you know, I wanted to see with Michigan winning, but um, that was one that's been on my list for a while. I finally got to check off. Awesome. And finally, if you hosted a talk show, who would be your first guest? 
Mm, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to go with um, David Goggins. Um, I've always been really infatuated with Navy SEAL training and the training that they kind of go, go through during Hell Week to make it yeah. through. And he's an individual who's not only, you know, passed the Navy SEAL, but the Army Ranger and the Air Force training. And he's the only one who's ever done it. Um, and it's some grueling training that these guys got to go through. So I think there'd be some interesting stories to talk with them through for sure. Awesome. And Tom, to close it out, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Yeah, one, you know, I, I would say trust the process is a big one. At the end of the day, what we do, especially in a sales role, is our jobs are really simple. Doesn't mean it's easy. I don't think it's, no one can say it's easy to get someone to buy. I mean, we can make 100 calls, get 100 no's, but the complexity of it is very simple. We're calling people who have been to a game and we're trying to have a conversation with them to educate them on how we can get them more games, how we can enhance their experience, right? So, it's very simple. Of course, there's different things that go within it and qualifying questions and understanding the buying cues and, you know, tips and techniques that you need to learn on the way. But calling people who've been to games, it's very simple. So trusting the process, trusting what you've learned throughout the way, what your what your managers are teaching you and um, you're going to find success. Um, two, it's being comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think that's a common one that you've heard on here, but it's just so true. You know, you don't start to grow until you get outside your comfort zone. And um, that's something that everybody just needs to continue to push themselves and, you know, find different ways to be uncomfortable if you're in, if you've been on a path too long that you've been too comfortable. Right. So that's one. And then the last one, I think is being authentic, being yourself. Customers know, you know, when you're being someone you're not um, people you work with know when you're being someone you're not. So being authentic and being who, your true self is, is really going to um, help you grow. Awesome. Tom, thank you so much. You certainly had a great career. Always a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate your time, expertise and our friendship. Thanks, Travis. I appreciate it. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.